Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Casting doubt. It was the first step that led to the fall, which created the need for redemption if man was ever going to have right standing with God again. And so, I believe Satan, realizing that he had scored once before with this uh, approach, perhaps is reasoning to himself, why not try it again? And so he tries it on Jesus. Now, there are two ways that Satan sought to cast doubt with Jesus there in the wilderness. First, he attacks Jesus' identity. And then second, he attacked God's care and provision for him. The English Standard Version says, that the statement was, if, if you are the Son of God. Other versions actually say that it was since you are the Son of God. Either way, it really doesn't matter. In the context, we get to the same place. This is an attack aimed at the pride of of the flesh, at, at, at pride of the flesh. We humans have pride in our flesh. Jesus is there in his humanity, not saying he had pride himself, but Satan is attacking something that is common to us. And I think he's he's wanting this kind of reaction. When he says, if you are the son of God, he's wanting Jesus in his weakened state to look at him with that nasty eye and say, oh, you don't think I'm the son of God? Well, here, let me show you. How many times have we ever reacted to a situation like that before? When someone questions our ability, someone questions our knowledge, someone questions our, 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 our competence, it's very easy to kind of, you know, you throw out your chest and your feathers come up and you go, oh, you don't think I'm capable? Well, here, let me show you. And that's what Satan is looking for. But he adds something a little extra here, I believe. He implies... That since God hadn't given him food for his body for these past 40 days, maybe he won't. Maybe he's not going to come through in time. Therefore, you have power, use it and provide for yourself. If you're the son of God, make these stones turn to bread, questioning his identity, impugning God's love and care. Now, Jesus, God's will for Jesus was that he go through this trial. But even though God allowed him to go through this trial, God did not abandon him. God was not going to let him starve. God had a future for Jesus. But despite this, this compelling reasoning that Satan is putting before him as he stands there, you know, 40 days without food in a very weakened condition, we find that Jesus didn't bite. Jesus didn't doubt God. Jesus didn't engage in a conversation with the devil. He didn't argue with him. Nor did he curse Satan and banish him to hell. What did Jesus do to deal with this temptation that was before him? He did this simple thing. He planted his feet firmly on the foundation of God's word and he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Now, bread is very important. We must eat to sustain physical life. But listen, what good is life in the body 
If there is death of sin in the soul. If Jesus turned the stones to bread, he would have been stepping outside of the will of God for him in that moment. Not only that, he would have denied the care and provision that the father was going to make for him at the appointed time. And in doing that, Jesus then would have sinned, but he did not. He did not because he stood firmly in truth. There's another instance later on in Jesus' ministry. It's found in John chapter 4, verses 32 through 34, 32 and 34, where Jesus was at the well in Samaria. You're probably familiar with the story. His disciples had gone into town to buy some food. And because they hadn't eaten in quite a while. And it was while they were gone that he ministered to that Samaritan woman at the well. And when they returned, uh, they were ready to eat. They were hungry. They had the stuff. Let's get to it. Jesus, you're hungry. Come on, let's go eat. And I want you to see what Jesus had to say because it, 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 it points a lot to this temptation that he faced in the time past. He said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. Notice, my food or my nourishment or my sustaining uh, thing is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Yeah, food's important. The stomach needs to be paid attention to, but there's something bigger than our physical need, and that is the spiritual need to be in touch and to be in step with the Father. Well, the second temptation that we find here deals with the issue of shortcuts, and it deals also with this question, whether God's plan is good or whether it's just too hard to follow. Is God's plan good? Jesus' destiny is to be the king of all creation as the God-man. But as we know, the pathway to that crown is paved with unimaginable pain, Bearing our sin on the cross. Not only that, but but after the cross and after the resurrection, there are going to be thousands of years that are going to pass before the Father is going to give Jesus the ability to take his throne as is to happen. So there's this pain. There's this rejection. There's this need to bear sin upon his holy presence. There is this need to die and to be resurrected. There is then this need to sit at the right hand of the Father for thousands of years waiting for that time when he will take his throne in Jerusalem. And Satan says, in effect, skip all that. Uh, Listen, there's no need to suffer. There's no need to wait. Listen, I've been given authority over the earth and I can give it to whomever I please. So look, Jesus, just, just, just bow down before me and, and, and give me just a little worship. It doesn't have to be a lot, just a little. Just bow down here and acknowledge that I am something worthy of worship. And, and I'll give it all to you right now. Now, I like shortcuts. And I'm assuming that you like them as well, especially uh, when they get us where we need to go easier and faster. But I've discovered in my life that some shortcuts end up making things harder than following the tried and true path. 
And that leads me to truth point number three, which is so important for us this morning. And it's this, that there is no shortcut in God's predetermined plan. No shortcut. There is no shortcut. There's no shortcut to spiritual maturity. There is no shortcut uh, to, to, to learning about the spiritual gifts or employing the spiritual gifts or, or overcoming sin or, or, or having a good marriage or anything else, being a good parent, being a good... No shortcuts in God's predetermined plan. The path he chooses is perfect to get us where he wants us to go. Now, granted... That plan, that perfect plan of God's is not always easy, nor is it even always pleasant to our flesh. In fact, many times when we're going through his plan, it feels very painful. It feels very, uh, I don't want anything to do with this. Can't I get out from under this difficulty? Can't I make this easier and faster? But when we follow his plan, it will lead us to the place of greater conformity to his image and true joy of the soul. For those of us who find ourselves struggling sometimes with God's plan and we don't understand why, I encourage you not to try to get out from under. I encourage you rather to stand your ground. To declare that God's plan is good and he is leading you and he is teaching you through those difficult times. And he will deliver you at the appointed time. Until then, trust him and walk with him and don't seek to get out from under. I want you to take note of how Jesus deals with this temptation. Again, we find he did not argue. He does not lay down a curse on Satan. Instead, we find him doing the same thing he did before. He stands his ground on the inerrant truth of God's word. He says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So Satan now has been rebuffed in his temptations twice by the word of God. In this third temptation, we find that Satan knows something about the scripture. He's not ignorant of what has been written. And he he takes the word that he knows and he seeks to employ it for his wicked purposes. Luke tells us that he takes Jesus to to the pinnacle of the temple, which actually overlooks the Kidron Valley. And the drop from there to the valley floor is about 400 feet, so they say. And Satan throws out this temptation to Jesus. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. (laughs) Why would Jesus do that? Why would Satan think that's even a temptation? Well, let me tell you. Because Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12, which are a messianic psalm and apply to Jesus, state that the Messiah will be protected by God, that his angels will have guard over him lest he bash his toe on a stone. In other words, God's going to be so attentive, he's not going to let anything happen to his precious son, his precious Messiah. And Satan is hoping that Jesus will bite on that. 
The temptation there is for Jesus to prove now that God's word is true. He's being challenged to prove. And, and so, so Jesus jump and, and let's see the father in action. Because if you are the son of God and you jump, no harm's going to come to you. God will rescue you and everyone will know then who you are and will be willing to follow you. Now, Satan doesn't twist the scripture here. He quotes it accurately right out of the inspired scriptures. It is true that God supernaturally protected Jesus from harm. That is until the appointed time for him to suffer as our savior. But that supernatural protection was not meant to be presumed upon by flesh-based actions. In other words, that supernatural protection was not there so that you could salve your wounded ego, as Satan keeps saying, if you are, if you are, if you are. Okay, I'm going to prove it, so I'm going to do something. I'm going to throw caution to the wind and just jump and show you. It wasn't designed for that. It wasn't intended for that. And it wasn't even intended, this protection was not intended for Jesus to use a silly uh, action to, to prove the veracity of Scripture. The fact is, is that Jesus had nothing to prove to Satan. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.